Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. From the Financial Times, this is Hard Currency. I'm Katie Martin, and with me is Kamal Sharma from Bank of America, Merrill Lynch. Hello. Hello, Katie. Another exciting week in foreign exchange. We've had Indeed. Super Thursday for sterling, and the dollar's gone a bit bonkers, hasn't it? So, I mean, let's start off with sterling, start on our home turf. The Bank of England seems to have kicked rate height expectations even further out into the future. Well, it has, but I think one of the interesting things about um, the Carney uh, press conference was that he was at pains to emphasise that the Bank of England certainly isn't going to cut rates, no. which is currently priced into the market. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. One of a few that aren't cutting rates at the moment. But look, the overall domestic backdrop for the UK economy remains relatively robust. Employment is growing strongly, albeit without any significant average earnings growth or slowing average earnings growth. But near-term inflationary pressures are soft. And we've got the uh, non-insignificant risk event of uh, a Brexit referendum to contend with. So there's been a number of reasons why the market has been uh, more relaxed on the outlook for uh, Bank of England rate hikes relative to the analyst predictions. We as a house still are looking for a November rate hike, albeit with considerable risks regarding the uh, the Brexit uh, referendum story. To my mind, this period of sterling weakness is a culmination of a number of things. The Bank of England mechanically breaking its link to that of the Fed. So the reaction yeah. functions have differed. The Brexit story, obviously UK CDS markets increasingly buying protection. And then obviously we've got the global risk-off environment, which isn't good for a currency with a very large current account deficit. Yeah, that's coming back to, to bite sterling, right? But it's notable that this week we had some details around what the deal is on the table for the UK mm. from the European Union. And it was very notable that sterling didn't rise on it. So the market is not saying at this point, OK, phew, there's something on the table that yeah. we can work with here. The, yeah. the, the clear betting is we need to be ready for something horrible to happen. Yeah. How much downside do you think there is on the event that we get into work one Friday and we're out? Yeah, I mean, there was there was a modest relief. All the polls have indicated that if David Cameron gave his support to remain, uh, the British public will be more likely to vote. But then we have a poll early this morning which shows uh, a considerable amount uh, of opposition to remaining within the European Union. How much does cable fall? For, uh, would, would it fall on the worst-case scenario? We haven't quantified that. But what we would say is that worst-case scenario and we have a complete shutdown of capital inflows to finance the current account deficit, uh, the declines in cable could be sizable. And they could be sudden as well, because a gradual path of weakness, all things being equal, should be welcomed by UK exporters, such as there are any left anymore. Mm. But, um, you know, a sudden drop, if we are talking about something like 10, 15, 20% in more or less a straight line, yeah. that doesn't sound good news. No, but it also poses a conundrum for the Bank of England. But at the one point, you have obviously significant growth concerns about the, the unknown of uh, not being within the European Union. But then also you have this strong inflationary boost from imported price inflation. So it's something that the Bank of England are also going to have to contend with, which is why we have always thought that there are serious fallout risks should the UK leave the European Union. Mm. 
even despite all that, though, sterling actually hasn't had a bad week. What's that about? It, it certainly seems to be the dollar that's doing the hard work here. I think it's bad positioning in the dollar. Uh, and if you look at the major move, it's actually been cable. Cables, as much as it went down in a straight line to 140, it's virtually come back in a straight line up to 145. I think what we've got going on here, Katie, is this very uncomfortable, unholy trinity of China concerns, US macroeconomic slowdown outside of the labour market uh, and the commodity cycle. This week, the focus has been on US macroeconomic growth. The ISM non-manufacturing figures were on the softer side of expectations. Dudley was uh, more dovish than expected. And there is still, and, you know, the market has been buying dollars for the best part of two and a half years. So there is, you know, a a structurally long position out there, which is vulnerable should growth continue to uh, show signs of uh, of slippage. And of course, we've got uh, Yellen speaking next week as well. Yeah, no pressure, Janet. No pressure indeed. But do do you think, you know, markets are very good at kind of running from one side of the ship to another, you know, and there's a possibility they've done that with the UK to the extent that we've pulled back rate rise expectations extremely sharply. Do you think the same thing is going on with the US? It does seem to have been quite rapid this week, this rethink on what's going to happen next with the Fed. Yeah, I think, as I said, there's three or four major concerns out there for the market. This week, China has been relatively stable. We're heading into uh, Chinese New Year. That stability may be tested this weekend with the release of the Chinese FX reserves numbers. So it's really been the US macroeconomic data. Our view had been that we had looked for the manufacturing um, PMIs to converge upwards to the non-manufacturing, not the other way around, which is exactly what is happening at the moment. It's still a healthy reading. But if you look at the broader set of US macroeconomic data and you exclude employment, the numbers don't look good. Mm. And uh, until we can see some signs of stabilisation, until we can see some, you know, comforting words from the Fed, the dollar will be vulnerable to this uh, positional um, shakeout, which we've been concerned about. It's interesting that both with the dollar and with sterling, Mm. you really have to look beneath the surface of headline employment numbers to figure out what central bankers are focusing on. Because again, we've had payrolls today. Headline reading was kind of meh, Mm. not, you know, not fantastic. Yeah well shy of expectations Mm. but the details actually weren't too bad so you know how much is this earnings question and its relationship with inflation bugging central bankers i guess you can look at it from from the perspective that another employment gain is welcome but it's not wholly surprising because Mm. i think that the fed and the bank of england know that the underlying labor market situation is quite strong the conundrum is why is employment growing strongly but average earnings growth isn't growing strongly and this is the conundrum that they're they're concerned about that if they're not seeing a concomitant rise in wages growth then no matter how strong the labor market continues to rise then it still gives them leeway to keep rates on hold for a lot longer particularly in this global macro environment which seems to be more fragile day by day because just central bankers everywhere seem to be getting wrong-footed by what's going on with inflation just every time they say right we really think it's going to pick up this time it just doesn't. I, yeah, and, and unfortunately, that's premised on, a, on the view that oil will stabilise and oil fuses manifestly to stabilise. And until we see that, and that, again, is a function of global macro demand as well, to, to a large extent, as well as supply, obviously. So, you know, in terms of the outlook for policy, we've had another central bank move into negative rates, the Bank of Japan. Uh, we've got the ECB that's likely to pull the trigger on further easing, uh, according to our own economists. Uh, and the, uh, the the kind of the path of least resistance is uh, further accommodation at the moment. Yeah. I mean, just thinking on the question of the, of the ECB, you know, again, in the event that the UK does vote to leave the EU, which obviously is far from a certainty, mm. 
it's easy to imagine sterling weakness, but it's kind of easy to imagine that the euro wouldn't have a great day in the office either. Yeah, I mean, our, our focus hasn't necessarily always been on euro sterling as the expression of concerns about Brexit. Yeah. You shouldn't forget that the Europeans obviously have a large trade exposure to the UK as well. So against that backdrop, we think that selling a current account deficit currency like sterling makes a lot of sense, but buying it against current account so current account deficit versus current account surplus currencies such as the yen and the Swedish krona probably make a lot more sense given that there's less exposure on the other side in terms of the whole Brexit debate. Yes, yeah, so again, it all comes back to cable. It could it could be a really confusing outlook. It'd be quite difficult if you were a manufacturer, if you were an asset manager, just trying to figure out what's, what's going to happen next. What's your key piece of advice? Yeah, I, I think lessons need to be learned from the May um, general election. You know, we were in the run-up there. Sterling was broadly weaker on the crosses, but it wasn't weaker against um, the dollar necessarily because the dollar was going through its own significant positional adjustment, mm. something akin to what we're seeing at the moment. So from the perspective of, of where we see it, we still think cable will head lower uh, in line with our, uh, with our projections, but we are cognizant that there are global factors that may derail that view. The risks are that obviously we could be in the midst of a, of a positional shakeout in the, dollar, in the dollar positioning. Yeah, and it's all well and good if a small currency has a shakeout, but when it's the dollar... It's like, you know, it has a sort of gravitational pull of Jupiter or something. It just sucks in everything around it. And it's very difficult to have a directional view on other currencies in that environment. Absolutely. I mean, it's the base currency that everybody looks at first, dollar-yen. You know, we, look at, we focus on euro-dollar, we focus on dollar-yen. Uh, and it has been one of two currencies, sterling being the other, where the policy divergence story was the most um, clear cut over the last two years. The Fed was going to start hiking. The Bank of England yeah. was expected to follow. Both seem to be faltering at the moment, uh, given where market pricing, where the markets are pricing in uh, uh, tightening. And therefore, uh, the vulnerability of the dollar will obviously you know, feed into other market uh, concerns. Yeah, could be a shaky few weeks. Indeed. That's all we've got time for this week. Tune in next time. And before then, you can go to ft.com slash markets for updates. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you might like to try our FT Politics show, which is presented by me, Sebastian Payne, the FT's digital comment editor. Each week, I discuss the latest developments in British politics with the FT's political commentators and correspondents. You can find the latest episode at ft.com forward slash podcasts every Saturday. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellincat.com. Stay morning.